Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time for a special Valentine's Day episode. I'm your forever dungeon master, Daniel Locke. And I'm Tara. Hi, Tara. Yay! (laughs) Today I'm joined by a very special guest, my girlfriend, Tara. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming on today. It's going to be a fun ride. For any of you who haven't heard the podcast before, we are a Dungeons & Dragons podcast or tabletop role-playing game podcast. Uh, today is a special episode where we take a Valentine's Day theme prompt. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, ooh, yes, indeed. Where I and my girlfriend Tara will work together to make something brand new for you to use, uh, if you decide to play D and D on Valentine's Day, which <laughs> might not be the worst thing to do on Valentine's Day. Is that how you would like to spend your Valentine's Day, Tara? I think it would be cute. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, and it helps you like not have to deal with making reservations. In very credit crowded restaurants. To be fair, we could just do a picnic again. Yes, a picnic is also a great option. <laughs> and you can also do D&D while doing a picnic, too. Yes. <laughs> I think it'll be hard to play D&D with two people, though. I believe. It's just a very <laughs> intimate experience. Just make sure it's the couples. Couples doing D&D. Couples D&D. That's all it is. You'll okay. have your whole group. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, like I said, this is a special Valentine's Day episode, so I figured, like, why don't we talk a little bit about you for a little bit? Like, what got you into D&D? And then maybe you can present us our prompt. Yeah, okay. sounds good. All right. So, Tara? Yes. How'd you get into it? How How did you get sucked into this <laughs> rabbit hole? Oh. Realm. Yeah, realm. <laughs> realm sounds much better. You're right. You're right. Um. So, I had a friend online who I never met and still have not met. Classic. But she had introduced me to uh, a podcast called The Adventure Zone, and from there I was like, oh, this D&D thing sounds really fun. Um, I was in college at the time, so I ended up finding like a group and uh, playing with them for a good while, mm. and then I graduated, and I still really enjoy playing D&D. Well, maybe this podcast will be the catalyst that reignites your friendship with this one person that you spoke with <laughs> online. I send her Furby pictures every once in a while because she really likes them. Wait, what? Why? Why? Why Furbies? I I don't know. She she enjoys Furbies and um, chinchillas. Those are her two main things. They do look <laughs> very similar, right? Yeah, they're fuzzy. Yeah, just one's more demonic, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, chinchillas are the things that do like the dirt bats, right? And they're yes. Very cute. Okay. Yeah. Those are very adorable. Have you ever DM'd before? I have DM'd once. And how was that? It was a ride. Was I a had ride. A, a total of eight plus people. Oh, wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah, eight to mm. nine, eight to ten, eight, eight. to ten people. Mm-hmm. A couple of them were young children, so it was hard getting everybody focused for sure. Yeah, I've never actually DM'd <laughs> for kids before, let alone like people that are like, let alone like children, children. I guess kids are children. I don't know why I'm making that a differentiation. But, like, I'm sure it's hard to wrangle and keep their attention. Um, how well did that work when you were running it? It was pretty cool. Um, it was mainly the adults, of course, their parents who were really into it because yeah. we were all around the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, and my campaign was, like, very 90s themed. Mm-hmm. I did bring snacks, like, 90s themed snacks, um, just so the kids can, like, still be engaged with that yeah so they enjoyed you know fruit roll-ups and gushers and because that's 90s dunkaroos and yeah (laughs) yeah those dipsticks and like pixie sticks that's just like sugar yeah rush okay i'm sure the parents (laughs) love that kids didn't go to sleep at all afterwards oh yeah for sure (laughs) okay okay but yeah holding their attention must have been tough but i guess it's mainly for the parents anyways that are there and then you made this, was it a full campaign or was it just a one-shot adventure kind of thing? It was, um, so we were playing a long-form campaign, but our DM got tired, obviously. Yeah, classic. Uh, Burnout <laughs> happens, of course. So we still wanted to use our same characters, but maybe put them in a different scenario. So it was more of like a portal situation mm-hmm. into the 90s like slash Cartoon Network-esque world that um, we all kind of delved into. So. Okay. That that sounds super interesting. I always like pulling references and using and just like transporting like that one shot where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. here's a filler arc. Your characters get sucked into this random place. Let's see what <laughs> happens, which is super fun. And I also want to point out how you're a great D&D player because no, when you're shucks. Yeah, because specifically <laughs> when your DM had burnout, you're like, I'll take over for a session so you can play. Hear that players out there? 
Josh, <laughs> you specifically, Josh. No, I'm kidding. Um, actually, there's like three Joshes I know, so that's probably really confusing for people. Um, <laughs> Josh, you know who you are. You know the Josh I'm talking about. Not that Josh, but the other Josh. <laughs> yes, not the Josh that we always talk about for giving us prompt Josh, but the other Josh Josh. Anyways, <laughs> not important. Okay, but so you have some experience making an adventure. And what was it like making that like Cartoon Network-themed adventure for your group, especially for eight people? It, it was difficult because we took our like fantasy esque D and D characters and then had to kind of force them into a more uh, modern, I guess, setting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of cool because the background to everything was based off of those old like Cartoon Network cartoon cartoon commercials. Where, oh yeah, um, they would kind of different cartoon characters would in, would interact with each other. So I kind of mixed that with like blockbusters and Furbies and. Uh, <laughs> more furbies they keep coming back for some reason <laughs> um yeah that was like one of their big fights well they also fought uh aku so. oh from samurai jack yeah love it yeah. yeah was he also a furby no <laughs> that would be terrifying <laughs> that would be very scary but um they got to kind of do that and just have fun with it yeah man that sounds wild and based off your setup how did combat go since you have like eight different players was it just really long like how did you balance it so, because a lot of the, I guess, monsters that were there were, um, they weren't in the book. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think you'd find Furby in a book, <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. No, but I would end up taking maybe um, either hordes or smaller monsters, or um, I think Aku's stats I used as like a, a storm slash frost giant, something like that. So I would just kind of take those and then use that with them. You just kind of have to watch your players mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> to see if they're having fun. Because once they stop having fun, like, hitting the thing, mm-hmm. then I feel like that's, okay, that's kind of time to maybe fudge the numbers a little bit. To For sure. just let them have, just have the win. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's just it just drags, and it's not entertaining for most people. And then you've also been on the other side of the table as a player. Yes. Uh, what kind of characters do you like to make, and what do you like... Well, we'll start with that first question. What kind of characters do you like to make? Uh, I personally lean more towards uh, Kenku. (laughs) Yes, Kenkus. Lots of Kenkus. (laughs) Kenkus specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, the first Kenku I made, I had the most fun with um, because he was just like the roguiest of rogues. Super edgy. Well, no, no, no. no. More more along the lines of I literally just stole everything. Ah, yes. Um, Klepto. Yeah, honestly, he ended up with an island um, and brought his stolen his island oh, brother, wow. brother in <laughs> at the end. But he was basically like a Scrooge McDuck type mm-hmm. with just one very defined goal. Mm-hmm. Um, that was more fun because I tended to play um, maybe not serious characters, but definitely like the loner type character. Mm, okay. Not like the super edgy, but just more of kind of reserved and i think that's just okay. because not the sasuke's yeah okay. no <laughs> i think it just it um because my personality is fairly reserved mm-hmm. so i think that's why that kind of came out a lot with it okay and then how do you play those characters in games like what's your thought process or methodology when you approach like a long-form campaign where you mm-hmm. have to work together with people it's it's interesting for sure and i usually tend to take a backseat to a lot of things. Mm. I do have like my major, I guess, moments you could say with just the character interactions. Um, but I'm usually kind of like, okay, whatever the group really wants to do, I'm not really going to fight it. But <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, generally it's whatever they end up wanting to do is something along the lines of like, oh yeah, I kind of wanted to do that anyway. So yeah, And that's solid to give your characters a reason to work with the party and be like, yeah, what they want to do, also what my character wants to do, instead of being like always in conflict because makes things difficult to press the story and causes DM like hair pulling moments. <laughs> oh man, well that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Great to get some insight from like another player, especially one that's played with me on the other side as IDM. If that makes any sense. Okay, and then just as an added note, uh, our dog Snowball is in here with us because he didn't want to be left alone outside <laughs> of the door. Uh, so if you hear any, like, shuffling or scratching, that's, uh, well, he's laying. (laughs) It's probably him, but he's also laying on his side. We found out he likes cucumbers today. Yes. (laughs) It was a, it was a miracle, a February miracle. (laughs) So now we have a vegetable we can feed him besides just steak, because 
other than other than cucumbers, the only thing I've been able to feed him was steak that he liked, which is like kind of bougie snowball. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Just chilling there. Cool. Expensive Whatever. tastes. Yeah. Very expensive taste. All right. Well, um, you've heard our show. Um, you've listened to it before, which I appreciate. All the episodes. All the episodes, which I always feel bad because I'm like, I'm always calling out Richard, but Tara's also there. Tara's <laughs> always there supporting me by listening to each episode, adding that extra listener count and that extra like button, which you guys should all do too. Definitely hit that subscribe button and leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're at. Give us that five star to boost us on that algorithm. All right, my plug's over. Tara, what's the prompt you wanted to do today for Valentine's Day? Today is Princess Tutu. Princess Tutu. <laughs> ah, yes. The anime that you've been making me watch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, honestly, I've been enjoying it. I do like it. It's my first time seeing it. It's definitely an older series, but it approaches... It came out in, like, 2002. It's a definitely an older series. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 2002 was over 20 years ago. <gasps> Oh, no. Does that make you feel old yet, people? It... <laughs> yeah, it does. I bet it does. It does. Yeah. But um, Princess Tutu, it's an animated... It's an anime. Yes. Um, animation. <laughs> Japanese animation, if we have to clarify specifically. Uh, what Anime. Anime. Yes, for those more cultured folk. What made you choose Princess Tutu, or what makes you love Princess Tutu specifically, I guess? Uh, so I'd consider Princess Tutu as like my all-time favorite uh, anime, or uh, like for sure in my top five. Um, why I chose it? Uh, I, it's pretty. It's pretty. It is very pretty. <laughs> it's like a so for those of you who don't know, it's a ballet-themed magical girl um, anime. It it there was a very popular meme, especially when it I guess when it first came out. That was what I watched, what I expected, and what I got. <laughs> yeah. And then the ending, what I got was like two ninja dressed guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> in like, yeah, in like ninja garb with guitars, like hitting each other with guitars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that meme. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that it's it's not just a girly girl show <laughs> yeah i'm only halfway through it we still have what like two or three more discs of the dvd which kind of shows you how old this thing is <laughs> and we're watching on a ps2 so yes. that's also another part of it yeah like from my experience with it so far i'm halfway through and at first it has that classic magical girl monster of the week theme where it's like oh princess tutu has to go and battle like this Dance, dance battle. This dance <laughs> battle. Like, it's not even like an actual fight. They just do ballet. And the first two episodes are like very beautifully animated ballet sequences. Later on, it kind of cuts to like, oh, we ran out of budget, so we're just doing stills here and there. <laughs> but it's still really pretty. Yes. And then they're trying to collect these like heart shards of a prince character that exists in the story. Yeah. Which I guess we should probably touch on is like, what's like a synopsis or premise that you can like kind of quickly wrap around princess tutu to present to our audience yeah okay um so princess tutu is a story about um a old long dead author who mm -hmm. writes a a novel about a prince who needed to fight like this great evil mm -hmm. and um in order to keep the evil from escaping the book the prince shattered his own heart um because Seems very counterproductive <laughs> well it's to to seal them away in the book because the author died before he could finish it so it was more of like a continuous story type deal so they're in a um town that is kind of like a in the fairy tale book um it's it's kind of weird the way they're they're doing it yeah, um. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it, it took me a minute to understand that concept from how they presented it. Like, there's just characters that are animals randomly, and I'm like, I okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the main story is about a duck who has been given the ability to transform into a girl and also a magical girl. Mm, classic. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so does this make her a magical duck, not a magical girl? No, she's just a duck. She's just a duck. Yeah. <laughs> she's very cute. I do like her character a lot. Yeah, she's great with her like little wild facial expressions. She's like the very typical clumsy anime girl who can't really do much right. Mm -hmm. um, 
However, uh, Drosselmeyer, the like author guy, mm-hmm. and if those of you who know ballet, you know who Drosselmeyer is. Who is Drosselmeyer? <laughs> he is the uh, uncle in The Nutcracker, who gives Clara her like weird Nutcracker, nutcracker that comes to yeah. life, and he makes all the toys come to life. It, it, it's a it's a great ballet. I love that ballet. It's my favorite. Is he actually magical in the ballet? Or is he just a weird traveler? He's kind of like a wizard. He's a wizard, Harry! <laughs> just in time for Hogwarts Legacy's release. Yeah. That looks fun, actually. Yeah, we'll try it out. Yeah. Um. Okay, so he's like this magical author. Yes, so he gives um, uh, Duck, which is her like actual name, uh, the ability to transform into Princess Tutu, uh, where she's like essentially a prima ballerina um, dancer, and she's able to. So the the heart shards that when the prince ended up shattering his heart, it bunch of heart Flies shards everywhere. just kind of flew everywhere. Classic sacred jewel um... moment in Inuyasha. <laughs> yeah, all your classic early '90s animes had this. Like, <laughs> we need a reason to produce more series episodes. This is why. Yeah. Each one of those heart shards kind of resemble or represent like a, a very specific emotion, mm-hmm. um, whether that be like sadness, love, pain, fear, suffering, that sort of thing. Yes. And she, it, it kind of embeds itself into somebody who's feeling that, those emotions like very strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has the power to transform and she ends up dance battling <laughs> with that individual and kind of pulls the heart shard away from them and gives it back to the prince. So meanwhile, the prince is getting his heart charges back. He's uh, his feelings are returning. However, the uh, knight character who is supposed to kind of be protecting him mm-hmm. doesn't like it, and so does um, the evil, like the main evil Raven. Yeah, doesn't care for it either. For sure. Um, so it's kind of, and it is a little bit of a love triangle because, of course, Duck really likes the the prince, the yes. main prince in there. And has like this other girl who is technically the prince's girlfriend that she's kind of fighting for, but like mm-hmm. also not really. It, like it, it's weird, but yeah, it's really weird. cute. And it the way it ends is like very bittersweet. Okay, I don't know it yet, so no spoilers yet for me, yeah, no, and no spoilers for the audience. So they'll get to watch it if they choose to. But yes, you should you should watch it. Do it, please. Yeah. I need more people to talk to this yeah. about. Yeah, and maybe they'll like revamp it or re what is it called? Uh, reboot. Yeah, they'll reboot it for a new reskin. I know they rebooted a lot of series recently. There's that uh, Urusei Yatsura that got rebooted a while back too. Yeah, maybe it'll get a nice reboot. Then you'll get some new figures that you can add to your collection in the future. Gosh, I hope so. The voice actor, the actors are like really nice. Lucy Christian, who also plays uh, Honey Senpai in Oran High School Host Club. We have Jessica Boone. Chris Patton and something Hitchcock, I want to say, but something Hitchcock. Okay, I forget his first name. Do not quote me on that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, it sounds like we have a lot to work off of for a D and D style one shot adventure. A quick TLDR for anyone who is just catching up really quickly: Princess Tutu is about a magical duck that becomes a girl that becomes a magical girl ballerina who does stomp the yard style battles <laughs> against other ballerinas wins back shards of this guy's heart to put it back together and hopefully resurrect him yes and then fight a monster raven thing that exists okay cool 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 very nice and it pulls inspiration from ballets such as the nutcracker and probably others that Giselle, i don't know cinderella and um, probably others that i don't know shoes. about <laughs> <laughs> all right cool 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 swan lake okay yeah so from like a D&D one-shot standpoint, if you're going to present an adventure to the party, mm-hmm. what kind of hook would you want to do based off Princess Tutu? Because there's like an easy hook in the sense of like, oh, we need to collect heart shards and maybe Princess Tutu comes to the party be like, hey, I can't dance fight this monster. I need you to just stab it to death. <laughs> um, can you do that? Or maybe there's a way to incorporate dance fighting into a puzzle style yes. solution for dms it. make your players dance like <laughs> physically make them get up and do their best ballet dance whip out the ddr pads and start playing on extreme and the higher the score equals the higher the damage they have <laughs> um actually that actually sounds pretty fun like it'd, it'd be like kind of like cult of the necro dancer if you ever seen that game 
So there's this Legend of Zelda style side scrolling game where like you move and attack based off of like a DDR pad while you're playing it. And then recently someone had played Elden Ring, that really like hardcore Dark Souls game. And they beat one of the hardest bosses using a DDR pad, which was wild to think oh, about. Because wow. I can't even beat it with like a controller, so <laughs> makes me feel bad. Um, yeah, um, I guess back to it. Like, what kind of hook do you want to set for this adventure? Mm, I think it would be really nice to be able to pull different ballets, like Giselle, mm-hmm. um, because ballet in and of itself is a like a very romantic medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to kind of lean more towards that. Okay, okay. In a way. So, like, what about Giselle and its story and dance really stood out for you? Mm, so Gis- Giselle is about a peasant girl who uh, this prince falls in love with mm-hmm. and he disguises himself as a peasant. However, the prince is already, you know, engaged mm-hmm. and um, the girl, she, you know, Z- Giselle ends up finding out um, and act one dies just because of her emotions but Mm. the prince loves giselle and like visits visits her grave and is like so distraught but these um ghosts who Mm. are called willies willies (laughs) they are (laughs) my willies send them off (laughs) they're the um like the lost souls of uh women who never who died before they ended up getting uh married okay um so they take unsuspecting like males to the grave they make them dance until they're exhausted and take Mm -hmm. them to the grave but giselle she ends up as one of these willies um but ends up dancing with the prince to kind of save him Mm -hmm. um so the prince is fine in the end and she's still dead okay so So she's still dead okay so giselle is still dead somehow feels bad okay um, okay, I think there's something you can work with there. The idea of, like, a prince disguising themselves as a peasant to try to be with one of these girls is, like, a very, like, a good starting hook for, like, any adventures. Like, maybe the players run into the prince first, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I need your help to find this girl, or maybe resurrect this girl, or maybe just the prince gets captured, and the ghost, Giselle, is asking the players to help them free the prince from i really like that actually um with G- or i guess gazelle not. giselle, giselle yeah. specifically because we want to i guess Zootopia. we want to <laughs> lean it more towards like the princess tutu aspect mm-hmm. of everything but i do like um maybe one of the ghosts mm-hmm. coming and like not haunting the characters but like i have a making quest the, for you <laughs> making the players come in and help them okay um, i think that would be cool <laughs> yeah i like that direction so maybe so that's the hook we have to start with um one second. <sighs> okay so yeah that's the hook we have to start with uh giselle or gazelle maybe a, she is a gazelle in the D world she's uh like tabaxi oh, oh okay. centaur yeah a tabaxi no that's a cat person <laughs> right that's a cat person is there a gazelle like humanoid probably not but you could make one you could probably homebrew one <laughs> uh maybe a minotaur that yeah. sounds right. Yeah, minotaur. Female minotaurs are gazelles, right? Fact checked us. Hit us up on our email at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com and let us know if gazelles are female minotaurs. Anyways, back to the story. We're starting off with an adventure where the party is visited by a ghostly figure who asks them to help save the prince that is dancing a dance of death, essentially. Okay? So. I think part of the adventure now is to design obstacles to have the players go through in order to, one, save the prince, but maybe they have some other stuff to do. Maybe they have to figure out how Giselle died or what each of these ghosts want specifically in their life to let them pass on. That way they don't latch onto the prince and drag him to the graves kind of thing. Uh, I think it would be really cool if the players were able to like collect something kind of like Princess Tutu Mm. does. Whether that be Seven like collecting balls. it, okay, cool, yeah, I like that <laughs> from the the willies or something willies. like that. Um, having them go to a graveyard and kind of chill out with like necromancers and stuff, or mm. I think that would be kind of cool. Make them get help from a necromancer. Yeah, I like that because I I really like that one character in Persist Tutu, the one that plays the music box and sells gems. Oh, Adel. Yeah, Adel. The puppet. Which I just spoiler heavy spoilers into the series, Not but really. there's one thing that ha- okay. Well, there's a spoiler I'm about to bring into the series, so I'll let you guys all know. But her 
she dies, but she's like a puppet, and then they burn her body to stay warm in the middle of a town. They dance around it. Yeah, they dance around it, which is like bizarre. Like you're dancing around one of your friend's dead bodies to keep warm when there is like regular plumbing and houses right next to you. <laughs> why are you doing this? I was like, why did you kill your friend? Or maybe she died on her own, but like still, I was very confused. Uh, I would say Drosselmeyer did it. Okay, I hope someone else did it because I was like, <laughs> oh man, the prince is dying of hypothermia we need a fire mm-hmm. we don't need to go into one of these eight houses next to us let's cut up the puppet and burn her anyway spoilers over uh yeah so that was a weird thing but i think a character like that maybe like a puppet that exists in this town mm-hmm. who's aiding the players as well like the ghost presents the quest but now they have to figure out where are these key memorabilias mm. that the ghosts are looking for to ascend so what's something that maybe is very key in like ballet that people use or like associate with romance Mm. do you mean like shoes maybe shoes but or uh i would say okay so the most at least to me the most like romantic thing about ballet is it's called the pas de deux which means the dance of two um and it's essentially like a very big couples dance with like a lot of lifts and uh jumps and you a lot of it you can't do without a partner and that's kind of like the beauty in it Mm. so maybe something with that i like that so what if what they're looking for isn't like a key item but like a specific dance move from the pot to do like a specific lift Mm. or a spin and once they've acquired the technique for it then they can kind of do battle with the ghost for people who want to fight i guess you can fight (laughs) but for people who don't want to fight they can figure out like oh this particular uh ballerina or ghost wants to wants to complete their fight their perfect lift which maybe that's what killed them in their lifetime they failed a lift and was lifted <laughs> into space or something oh you know what i think would be really interesting is if the ghost originally if she was like i need a new body because i want to be with my prince my prince wants to be with me mm-hmm. um or i guess so we're going to go if- collect body parts <laughs> Cool, I love it. Frankenstein motherfuckers. Like if, if the prince could be like, hey, I need, I like, help me and my love um, come together and do this one last dance, I guess. Mm-hmm. So if, um, <laughs> I don't want to make it all about like grave robbing, but like if. Um, it could be a puppet. Yes, yes. If the characters could come together with like different puppet parts to make, um a new <laughs> uh, ballerina for the prince to dance with that way the ghosts can move on mm-hmm. um she can like possess the the puppet and okay. dance her final dance with the the prince okay um, i like that so then the direction we're taking is that the goal of this one shot is that the players have to collect like let's say like a body legs arms and head and you mm-hmm. can either break them up more so if you ha- need more objectives mm-hmm. But at the very least, they need to collect three different parts to make this puppet to complete this dance. So how how are they? What's the obstacle keeping them from getting these particular pieces? Is it the ghosts? Is it the willies? <laughs> um, uh, I think uh, the big problem with that is like, how do I imbue the spirit of dance <laughs> into these um, weird random body parts? Mm-hmm. Um, like of course you know well no i guess the the spirit of dance is within the ghost the whole time but but maybe like each of them represent like a certain like ballerina technique like with the legs it's like doing the toe thing i'm doing it with my hands but i don't know what it is but <laughs> the relevance is that what it is relevance it's like when you kind of like go up onto your toes yeah yeah so like maybe it's like an endurance thing where it's like oh you have to be on your toes and for a certain amount of time and that's maybe like a constitution save check, or maybe it's a battle of like swinging at each other to do enough damage mm-hmm. if you want to do it from a combat perspective. Where do you think they would be getting these like body parts? Or I do think one of them should be like the ballet shoes in yeah. general. I think that would be really cool. Oh, that would be cute, yeah. Um, if they're collecting like also pieces of kind of ballerina attire mm. so like oh we have re- our shoes we have our leotard we have our little tutu tutu, tutu. <laughs> yeah do they have anything on their heads buns buns yeah they're buns okay <laughs> yeah we could also break it Hair. down to we can make it more uh targeted for ballerinas 
and just be like the equipment that they have. So you have to collect the th three pieces of equipment. And once again, like the objective to get the equipment is it's either like for those who want a combat scenario, you can definitely design like a fight with ghosts, which banshees and stuff are very tough and they can possess you and some can instantly kill you, which is rough. You should be able to like um, if you did want to do kind of that major fight to mm -hmm. let's say one of the willies was buried with her shoes and they're like the red shoes because ballet. Um, she stepped on someone's <laughs> death. No, but there there is a um like a, a ballet like about shoes oh, okay. essentially. But whatever. Well no no, what happens in that ballet? Uh, no, you don't know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. So here's no, my it's reference. Called to the that. Red I'm pretty sure it's called the red shoes. Uh if I'm thinking about it right. But no no no. Have um the uh ballerina, the, the willy, one the of willy. them. The willy. Be They're buried with Willy. our shoes, and then that way you can have that combat. All the ghosts are just Willy. What have you done to my shoes? <laughs> Willy shoes. I don't know. <laughs> well, like, you can have them fight the ballerina that be, like, endurance or constitution or whatever mm -hmm. in order to, like, collect her stuff from her grave. From, like, a battle standpoint, you can have them, like, the shoe one, if it's supposed to represent, like, shoes, it could, like, pull away dexterity from a character mm -hmm. for this one-shot adventure, and then once they complete it, then the curse disappears and they get their dexterity back. Um, for those with the body, it could be, like, a con the ghost that you fight pulls away constitution from them mm -hmm. and lowers their constitution score permanently for the rest of the fight, and then head would be intelligence, etc., etc. But from, like, another direction, which I think, from a combat perspective, we've provided some ideas but from like a puzzle aspect for like oh now you have to collect these shoes from these characters what could they be doing like maybe they had to figure out a certain dance routine or maybe that the moves a certain way on the map while fighting a ghost but maybe they have to like do something on a battle map to create like a symbol or like a certain pattern that represents like the dance that this character had to go through or this ghost had to go through this willy <laughs> So there is, I, I think the Willie's fight for the shoes would be really nice, but there is a ballet called Swan Lake, mm -hmm. and it's essentially guy in love with the Swan Princess, Queen, Swan Queen, evil wizard trying to, like, distract him and whatever, because she's cursed. Okay. She's cursed, and um, she's uh, the wizard is like, here's my daughter i want to say huh. um, okay who's like the the dark swan or whatever and then you have like those two battle um it is on a lake and it is like in essence on top of the water so if you have maybe a puzzle to where they have to move in the correct pattern or follow something to break the curse but if they don't they fall through the water um and they might get frozen underneath the lake or something like yeah. that okay okay i like that so it's I think the way you would present to the player is that there's an enemy like swan or ballerina, and you can do it as a swan because that's specifically what that dance yes. is from, and they move a certain direction, and they hit like, each time they move 30 feet, they'll do an attack, and then you have to follow them exactly how they move, and it creates like a pattern. Maybe it's like a swirl, or maybe it's like a swan pattern, and as the characters follow and complete each step, like each pattern of how that thing moves, then it kind of, uh, once it completes, they get the shoes. Or maybe the swan first appears on a battle map, and then you do a session where it's like, oh, it has one turn where it just moves like this, mm. and then it attacks you. And then they have to find it, kind of like understand that like, oh, there's like this glowing pattern that it keeps moving. Yeah. Okay, so that's one, one puzzle obstacle we've created based off of Swan Lake. All right, let's do one for the leotard. What's something... Well, I was thinking the Swan Lake one would be for the leotard, okay. and then the dance uh, with the willies, like where they're fighting ghosts, mm -hmm. or like wraiths, or whatever you want to pull from Yeah, the ring wraiths, sure, why not? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, that could be for the shoes. Okay. Shoes for that, because uh, she like dances forever. Okay. Um, and that's more of like an endurance thing, and mm. then the tutus, because Swan Lake has some really elaborate tutus <laughs> going on there. And then I guess we need like one more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one, like like you can pull and switch and adjust any of these as you wish, but maybe like a tiara or something to represent like the headpiece in a way. I don't know if ballerinas wear tiaras. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can. That feels like a big no. No, no, they can't. 
They can't. I think it just depends on like the costume design. Mm. Does Princess Tutu wear a tiara? She has a little hat. Yes. Okay. It is like <laughs> hat. It looks like a tiny little crown, and it kind of sits at an angle. It's cute. Okay, so that's maybe the final headpiece is a little crown to match Princess Tutu. Cute. Okay, and it's guarded by a duck, a tiny duck. <laughs> cute. And her. Dangerous two friends that are berserk and a weird badger thing that wants you to marry it constantly. That is that is an actual thing in the show. There's like a teacher telling one of the constantly threatening their students with marrying him. That is Yeah, it came out in the two thousands. Yeah, because that was okay back then, teachers marrying students. Why not? Um definitely not. I like his lisp. Oh yeah, he does have a very cute lisp. Uh but he is a oddball of a character. But maybe he's the final villain. Maybe he's the guy. He's the final Willy. He's a giant. What is he? A badger or a sea otter? He's a cat. He's a cat. Oh, right. He his is a cat. His name is Mr. Cat. Right. His name is Mr. Cat. I forgot. <laughs> Why do I? I have badger on my brain for some reason. Hello from the Magic Tavern. Yes, that is right. Yes. I was listening to that like all day today. So that does not help. I got to the episode where the uh, really breathy elf who wants vengeance on a tree appears. Um, I forgot his name, but uh, he has chocolate arrows, and it's a whole thing. But uh, definitely check out Hello from a Magic Tavern. Probably a, a really good improv fantasy podcast. Probably don't need a shout out from us, but still. Anyways, it's a really good one. Okay. Um, but yeah, for like the headpiece, maybe it's like something like mental. Maybe it's like a riddle or a puzzle. Is there like any riddles in Princess Tutu or any of the ballerina shows you've seen? Not that I can think of. Oh, you know what we could do? We could do, um, <laughs> I just hate him. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, hey, this is the thing. Um, no, 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 no. But uh, remember when we saw uh, the Nutcracker? We did see the Nutcracker. So that is a very big, very popular ballet. And there is a rat king mm. there. So if we make the final boss a rat king, like a, the actual physical rat king, mm. um, when you know a bunch of rats get their no, tails yeah, all tied gross, up and they yeah. like spin and have that be um the final boss i think that would be pretty cool mm, yeah that'd be a fun fight oh because you gotta get his crown from his head yeah 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 that's the that's the final crown oh and then what if you could also have the opportunity to trade him secrets for that crown yes yeah because that's how it works in hilden i love that aspect so i'm like <laughs> Do it. you have to give up like a true secret that you have to expose just to him and then later on you can use that to like mess with your characters if you want to uh from a one shot perspective maybe it doesn't come back or maybe it comes back in the epilogue dun 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 <laughs> yeah okay so they get the crown they get the leotard and they get the shoes and the tutu so they get these four pieces and all together they summon shenron and <laughs> no they don't summon shenron but they get these pieces together and this allows the giselle i keep wanting to say gazelle and i keep thinking zootopia and that's not right it's not shakira i guess it could be shakira but whatever she's shakira, dancing shakira. too yeah that's true but i'm not ballet i would say <laughs> no definitely not okay and this allows you to i guess resummon the willy of giselle to have one final dance with the prince mm -hmm. is that how we want to end this or is she actually an evil villain that you have to strike down one last time Ooh, I do think that would be fun to kind of make her the villain. So maybe in the in the beginning, the prince is like urging you, hey, you know, my wife, not wife, um, but my love is um, trapped or whatever. And I want to bring her over to this side. Mm -hmm. And instead, like when she does end up possessing the weird puppet doll that you guys oh, have okay. created. Yeah. Um, she's actually, no, I want to take him yes. here with me. Yes. Mwahaha. And then you purify the spirit, allowing like the prince to get his heart back. And he's like, oh, you can like, please just move on. People die. It happens. The prince to get his heart back or the. No, like, like you purify the spirit so the spirit can have like this heart to heart moment with the prince at the end. Uh. And Jesus was like, yo, move on, yo. <laughs> um, I love you, but. I love you. And but I'm dead. Enjoy your life to the fullest because I love you so much. Exactly. Something like that. It's like a very heartwarming romance moment between these a ghost and this prince peasant looking guy. And in a sense, he's like, oh, I've regained my heart and will to live. And now he's like off on another quest to 
I don't know, be a prince and actually govern his country properly and hopefully develop like a union and like a democracy <laughs> and fix like probably like terrible trade routes that exist. I don't know. I feel like a prince should be doing some actual stuff in the world, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Just saying. Like you have you're in a position of power to do a lot of good in the world and yet you're like sitting at a grave getting murdered. Well, he's he's heartbroken. I know. He's so heartbroken. He is very heartbroken and we fixed his heart by allowing him one last reunion with his loved one. Yes. Um from a DM perspective though, I do say that like that last encounter may be like that's kind of up to you on whether or not you want to do it. It could be a very dangerous one because they've probably gone through a lot of stuff and they didn't have short rest that could be a problem, but Again, if you're going to tweak it for your game and what your players like, if they don't really like combat, maybe it's just one. You, the players, have one final dance showdown with this Willy, who's acquired all of the parts of these powerful ballerinas, and then you do this cinematic dance-off, and then you whip out the DDR pads one last time and go <laughs> at it. <laughs> no, probably not. Okay. Uh, maybe a giant Furby shows up. Who knows? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do like that the ending is, like, bittersweet, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know. It's cute. And it, it makes sense because ballet is usually that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no resurrection here. You can't use a giant diamond to save her life. I'm sorry. Uh, classic D&D problems. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Okay. Um, looking back at the story, mm. though, is there anything that you would want to add or fix, or do you think it needs a little bit more ballet powder on it, I guess? I don't know <laughs> what the word is. Um, I think, I think having each of those items be pulled from separate ballets is really nice. Um, I do, I think, want to add something, because I know you said about Miss Ale earlier. Yeah. Um, and for those of you don't, who don't know, she only speaks in, like, riddles. No, classic. <laughs> Even worse for the DM, yes. And it, it's kind of, like, up to uh, Duck or Princess Tutu to figure out, like, what she's talking about. And it's usually in relation to the episode. Mm-hmm. So if we can have her, I don't know, maybe they go to her every time. They're like, what do we do? Or mm-hmm. something like that. And she just speaks in riddles. There's another um, brain teaser for your players. Yeah, maybe she can give you hints to what the ballet is based off of for each of the particular uh, ballet garments. That way you can kind of hide an idea. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can write little excerpts from the ballet, like Swan Lake is based off of this, and they have a battle on top of the water, and you have to recreate it. Maybe there's like a riddle you can create for that. Like, I can't think of it off the top of my head because riddles are tough, <laughs> but the concept is there. Um... I do like that. And then at the end, when you're fighting, you're fighting next to a big fire that is her body. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's Burning Man, baby. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. I also, what do you think about creating a magical item that lets you transform into like a ghost? A, a, a magical girl, but a ghost also oh, okay. works. Yeah. <laughs> a ghost. We're going ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that that would be fun if all of the players got their own, like, magical girl transformations. That would be really cute. Yeah, like, I wonder how that would work. Would it be, like, what would you want if you were able to get a magical girl transformation for one of your kenkus or something? Uh, like, a, a skirt? <laughs> okay, like... <laughs> and some tights? <laughs> from a descriptive stance, yeah, for sure. Like, a skirt and some tights. That's very cute. But what would you want from, like, would you want anything, like, mechanically for your characters on what they could do? I think, depending on the number of players it would be really interesting if they all formed into one player oh okay um like a giant a, a megazord <laughs> ultron <laughs> uh, but yeah so like each of them have like a particular strength or weakness or whatever to do the magical do the magical <laughs> it, it yeah that's your final fight you guys all fuse into one giant magical girl and battle it out with this ghost in this ballet battle Ah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I I wonder how that would work, because... Mechanically? Yeah, mechanically. Like, how would I present (laughs) that to a player and be like, hey, here's this giant one character that you've all fused into with each aspect of your magical girl powers, and how would they have control? Maybe you just give them, like, different weapons on each of the girls, on the girls. Like, oh, you have control over the sword, and you have control... I don't know why it has a sword. Maybe you have control over this leg. Yeah, you could have a sword, too. I mean, the knight has a sword. Um, 
yeah, maybe you give them like each like a specific ability on their character, or like maybe one focuses on moving the body, but then the other one focuses on swinging the arms and doing attacks, and then another one can cast spells or something. Yeah, just ideas, just ideas on creating a Megazord like creature. <laughs> like I'm now, I'm just picturing a giant Megazord Princess Tutu, and it seems really robotic and funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, or you think we're missing? Mm, not that I can think of. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think as a one shot adventure, the hook is interesting enough for the players because it's like, hey. A ghost shows up or a prince shows up and is like, I need you to collect these parts, things, garments, etc. Whatever you choose it to be. And I need you to collect them because I want to have a reunion with my long lost lover. And in doing so, because he's a prince, he can provide them gold, political powers, money, etc. Which, you know, I think players would generally want to have. And then we have created like decent obstacles such as the Swan Lake Dance where they have to recreate the dance, and essentially the way it works is you have to follow the swan around, or the, the willy around, and move in the same pattern. Maybe it's a heart shape, something simple. While surviving its attacks, and if you mess up too often, you get pulled under and frozen. That sounds like Battleship. <laughs> it does also sound like Battleships, you're true. You're sure. Okay, so maybe this is just Battleships that we've made. Battleship Ballerino, BB. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah, something like that. And then there's, like, the battle with the willies for the people who just want a combat encounter. Ghosts are pretty tough, so it makes something interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing we were doing with the ballet shoes? Or was it with the tutus? Yeah. So, in my head, the ballet shoes is going to be the dance with the ghosts, the okay. willies. Swan Lake is going to be the tutu thing, because elaborate costumes. Yeah. The Rat King would be the crown. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of... I think those are the only thing. Yeah. Things. And then for the Rat King, you can either battle the Rat King, which is grotesque, or mm-hmm. you can give him like a dark secret from your characters that may come back during the epilogue that you can use. That will require to rely on you as a DM in doing a good callback for that to see if you can mess with your characters in an appropriately fun way. And then lastly, there could be a final battle, a giant Megazord battle with this ghost ballerina. For this prince's heart. Yes. And then it's a bittersweet ending. And then you're on your way. And you've told the prince to get back to work. And fix this freaking kingdom. <laughs> right? Did I miss anything at all? Uh, I don't think so. Is there anything like um, mechanically. That you would want to talk about? Because for me. I don't deal with mechanics at all. That's right. I barely do the math when it comes to D&D. Sometimes <laughs> I just make you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I just have computers. So I'm just like. Click button. Okay, roll. Well, you math. have a smart brain that can do mental math very quickly. I don't. Yes. I can do math. Yes, you can. Whatever. <laughs> you ended up. <laughs> so this one time, I don't know what we were doing. I think we were trying to do a movie night with a group of friends, and yeah. they, you ended up getting sidetracked by trying to find life expect expectancy of a fly. Oh yeah, yeah. I it came from like a TikTok video where. A guy recorded a video saying, like, my pregnant wife says you have to kill this fly before you can come to bed. And I Oh, chased... no, I think it was a mosquito. Oh, a mosquito. Right, right. And he had to chase the mosquito down for seven days. And he realized the mosquito's life expectancy was seven days. And then it plays that Harry Potter clip where it's just like, and then I took off my cloak and greeted death like an old friend. And I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, from a mechanical aspect, there's nothing I technically have a, gr- a gripe with. I think overall it works. I would like to explore the megazord aspect although i think that's more of a joke thing and instead of like actually putting this into this romance style series (laughs) you can have uh the ghost of the the girl when she does possess like this body or you know the garments or whatever she could just grow to be a giant yeah for sure be like i'm the spirit of christmas past (laughs) yeah but a mechanically giant sized princess tutu is it's hilarious and I love it. I personally love it, but I don't I don't think it would fit the romance theme that we're making today. So, then maybe I'll tackle that on another episode later on. No, I think that would be really fun. <laughs> okay. Make your players combine. Okay. Well, from a quick thought process for anyone who wants to do that, it would probably work like a hell machine or something or maybe for those who've listened to Ethersea, the way they pilot their ships underwater, where like one person's the pilot and they can do maneuvers and move at a certain pace 
and then the other players are managing like weapons on the giant robot whether it be like tutu throws or duck <laughs> cannons i don't know uh, i'm trying to think off the top of my head and it's kind of hard but yeah those are aspects that you could definitely implement and how you can give each player something to do and then for those casters there, they're magic, so they can probably just cast from a window. They're like, aha, I'm from the eyeball, eye beams, pew, 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 or something. Maybe the ribbons on the shoes, like, come alive and mm. gotta, like, choke them out or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And because it's, like, a big, giant, super robot, you could always have, like, undead ghosts fly in to attack the players from inside their ship to distract them. So that's another aspect that you can... Definitely sneak in there if you're looking for a big combat, super robot, mechanical battle. But other than that, I think we have a one-shot adventure. It Ooh. fits the Valentine's theme. It's a very, like, tragic or, uh, like, a bittersweet one. Yeah. It's bittersweet. The word is bittersweet, like dark chocolate. Anyways, thank you, Tara. Do you think you're we welcome. followed your prompt appropriately today when we yeah. made this? <laughs> well, I, th- I like the fact that we were able to incorporate a bunch of different ballets and, and princess tutu does it as well all of the episodes come from um different ballets same with the music and everything to create like one large story so yeah i'd say we we did we did it we hooray did it. us we did it yeah no it's we did it. dora the explorer <laughs> i don't speak spanish I know Nihao Kailin a little bit, but that's about it. Oh, she was cute. <laughs> yes. And uh, the Siamese cat one. Uh, Sagwa. Yeah, Sagwa, which is real messed up if you actually speak Chinese, because her name is just idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe it means something else, but the way I hear it, I hear Sagwa, so whatever. Anyways, uh, thank you all for tuning in to One Shot at a Time. Uh, we are a D&D podcast. I'm your forever DM, Daniel Locke. And I'm Tara. How'd you enjoy your first podcast recording? I really loved it because I got to do it with you. Aw, thank you. <laughs> uh, I got to do it with you, so I love you. And I love you. Hooray! And everyone else listening is vomiting. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Start kissing into the camera. No. <laughs> nah, that would sound terrible on the audio, honestly. Just tons of S spikes. sounds. Nom, nom, yeah. Nom. This isn't a uh, mukbang. This is a D&D podcast. As always, thank you all for listening. If you have any suggestions for any future prompts, we are planning to tackle Blades in the Dark starting not next week, but the week after because we've moved to a bi-weekly recording. On top of that, I think we might start recording on Wednesdays or I'm sorry, we'll start releasing on Wednesdays and you'll probably see our episode same time in the morning or hopefully in the morning. I've been kind of slacking, so I'll get on it for sure. <laughs> But as always, if you have any prompts you want us to tackle, send it to one shot at a timecast at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions or just want to say hi, definitely do so. I love getting your messages. Uh, I'm trying to be a presenter at Phoenix Fan Fusion over the summer, so hopefully you'll see me there. Other than that, as always, please leave a five star review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out a lot and, you know, boost the algorithm. Other than that, Please tell your friends if they like D&D or Blades in the Dark or any role-playing game or just need some ideas for their own adventures. Uh, word of the mouth is the best way to help us out. Anything else I'm forgetting? Dance your heart away. <laughs> Dance your heart away, everyone. Anyways, uh, we'll see you all next time. Andrew will be back to join us for Blades in the Dark. And see you all next time. Goodbye.